Hello and welcome to Saturday Night Hive. I am here, as always, with Hibba. Hello, Hibba. Hi, Candice. So, Hibba and I are here today to talk about the Keegan-Michael Key, Olivia Rodrigo episode. Now, first off, I want to start off this episode by congratulating someone, and that someone is me, because I <laughs> predicted this when we first did our SNL 2021 draft, I had this like crazy idea where I was like, my Harvard level wildest dream pick would be Keegan Michael Key. Because I have loved him for a very long time. So when this happened, I was like so happy to see him finally get to host. And at first, I was like, this seems so random. The producers of SNL must listen to our podcast mm-hmm. and that is the only reason why they invited him obviously and then i realized him and cecily strong are starring in an apple tv plus series later this summer and so she probably made a few calls probably put keegan and lauren in a little group chat but you know what thank you cecily but once again thank you to me because in our recent <laughs> carrie mulligan kid cutty episode i kind of predicted that with the remaining three episodes of the season, here are three musical artists that I think could be asked to come on. And indeed, I did. Indeed, I did predict Ms. Olivia Rodrigo. And I was so excited. So first off, yay to me. But back to Keegan-Michael Key. Apparently, Keegan-Michael Key is the first cast member from Mad TV to host SNL. Now, that does not mean he is the first Mad TV person to ever appear on SNL because, as some may remember, Taryn Killam was a cast member on both shows. But let's start off very easily. I mean, Hibba, like, did you like Keegan-Michael Key? What do you think of his hosting abilities just very initially? Yeah, um, so I was honestly surprised that this is his first time hosting Saturday Night Live as somebody who has been is a is actually a really big well-known name in the comedy universe and does a lot of comedy that I would consider to be SNL adjacent or at least on SNL brand humor like I feel like a lot of the sketches that he did on this episode of SNL weren't that different from something that he would do on his own sketch shows um he's also like produced and starred in movies like I'm just really confused why SNL had this blind spot for years and years and years to not bring him on. I th- I think it has something to do with the fact that a lot of people that host the show, as we've talked about before, are like white guys who just like somehow get an introduction to Lauren and are able to get into the lineup mm-hmm. and are able to bring in a lot of ratings. But Keegan-Michael Key is like a huge, huge name in comedy. So like, I'm surprised that he's not in the five-timers club. Like, to me, there's no reason that he shouldn't be. In terms of him and, like, his monologue and him showing up, um, I always appreciate when the hosts are really excited to be there because, like I've mentioned before, like, the more they are game for, I think the better the show is. Um, so I appreciated his enthusiasm, even though he is an OG comedian. Like, he's not new to this. He's true to this. But I didn't feel, like, super wowed by the episode. That could also be bias on my part, just knowing how good his stuff is. So, um, but yeah, mostly I just came into it surprised that he's never hosted before. Like, how does that happen? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I love that you called him 
SNL adjacent because it's true. He is someone who I feel like kind of orbits and literally has done probably every comedy podcast, every talk show, like everything except for SNL. So he's climbed the top. He can retire now. Just kidding. Because I need a Key and Peele movie in my life one day. Anyway, let's start at the top. Cold open. For me, the cold open actually made me very happy because my favorite thing in the entire world is when they maximize the cast. And the moment that I actually kind of like awed to myself was when the entire cast said live from New York, except for Colin and Michael. (laughs) And as we know, I just really loved that synergy. It it was interesting. That cold open actually kind of had like last episode of the season vibes, Mm -hmm. but it felt really good to just kind of see them all together and be like, okay, I think this cast is starting to settle into who it is and settle into like who can play what, although they still haven't really solidified who their Joe Biden is, but we will get there next season probably. Did you have any thoughts on the cold open? Yeah, I agree with you. I also love when they maximize the cast. I love to see the new folks be included. So yeah, I enjoyed it too. Yeah. And special shout out to Ego for calling Bowen king. Anyway, let's talk about the monologue. Is this the first singing monologue of the season? No, um, I think Reggae Jean Page also sang. (gasps) Oh my god. How could we forget that? Also, Carrie Mulligan's husband who we hated. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? On the Reggae Jean one, it was because I was too charmed. I was too charmed to recognize it was a song, but Keegan sang. Um, And here's the thing. There's a moment where Keegan points to the audience and he's like, let's take a question from the audience. Man, I really thought it was going to be Jordan Peele in the audience. I was so excited. And then it was a random white guy. And then I was kind of like, yeah, I'm done. I'm out of here. But you know what? It's okay. Because something I loved about the monologue is that Keegan was beaming the entire time. Yeah. So genuinely grateful to be there and so honored to be there. And you know, that's the thing. Keegan is the type of host that SNL really needs every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like what's funny about SNL is that there are some hosts who overshadow SNL. There are some musical guests that overshadow SNL. For example, Beyonce. If Beyonce won on SNL next season, I'd be like, oh, really? Like, is she, she free? Like, really? But then to, like, kind of remember that SNL is actually, like, a very big deal to even people who've been in the industry for so long, like Keegan, it's really nice to see. And I think overall, like, Keegan... Is someone who brings me a lot of joy. I mean, I really loved him in Key and Peele, obviously, but I also really liked him in Friends from College, and I do remember him from Mad TV. So, I've always just rooted for him, and he deserved this, and I am just so proud of him. Yeah, I agree with you. I think like he is somebody who his thing is sketch comedy, right? Like, obviously, he has range and he's done other things. But he came up in sketch comedy and for him to come to the institution of sketch comedy and still be so excited about it after so many years, it it was kind of like him like fangirling over SNL and like that was very cute to see. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite part was when Keenan came on the stage oh. and he was like, I'm Keenan and this is Keegan and we're different people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that was a really funny part of it. Yeah. No, I love that as well. So 
here's where things turn for me and Hibba because not all of the sketches made us that excited. To me, the strongest sketch of the night was The Last Dance. But it's funny because I have never seen The Last Dance and yet I was quite entertained. So for me, what I liked about the sketch is that I'm just really proud of Heidi Gardner for writing and making this happen. I think what really stood out for me about the sketch is the fact that Michael Jordan, played by Keegan-Michael Key, very well, was actually kind of like the supporting character of this sketch. Mm-hmm. You know, Heidi Gardner, security guard, was really like the weight of the joke. There's kind of this moment, like one third of the way into the sketch where you realize like oh this is not about Michael Jordan this is not about Keegan showing off a Michael Jordan impression this is about Heidi who by the way is a huge NBA fan this is about her playing the center of the joke and the sketch and I loved that yeah I agree with you about this being the strongest sketch I also appreciated like as somebody who didn't watch the last dance and like isn't super into basketball like you didn't really need to know all of that stuff for the sketch like what you really needed to know was just like the meme of Michael Jordan being like and I took that personally Mm, yep and the iPad yeah yes like they basically like you could walk into that sketch and like not have a ton of background and like still enjoy it um I think I agree with you about being really proud of Heidi This was one of those sketches where, like, the heightening was, like, so cringe every time. Mm. It was, like, almost painful to watch this, um, like, security guard man lose everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I feel like that's on brand for SNL. Like, we've talked about the different categories of sketches, and one of them is just, like, you become increasingly uncomfortable, like, similar to the John Krasinski sketch where, like, I think his brother was being bullied or something like that. Oh, yeah. So it reminded me of that. Like, I don't like to see people be in pain in comedy. Obviously, it's, like, all... It's just a sketch. But something's really sent me, like, like when he bet, like, a night with his wife. Mm -hmm. It was just, like... I was, like, this is too much. But I didn't know that Heidi was an NBA fan, so that's really funny, too. Yeah. But now here is where our love of the sketches declines, because first off, I found it kind of interesting that there were so many high school themed sketches in this. You know, at the top of the episode, there's this one called Prom Show. Keegan plays this like prom e-news type of correspondent. The last sketch of the night was high school graduation, which I actually kind of liked, even though it did lean a little bit cheesy towards the end. Mm -hmm. But I can't tell if Keegan, like, really liked high school or if he's, like, really nostalgic for high school for some reason. But I have to say, the other sketch that I did, like, right under Last Dance was probably The Muppet Show. My first question is, how the hell did they get the right to those Muppets? (laughs) I don't expect you to have the answer, Hibba. But did you like that one? Okay, I thought that one was probably actually my favorite one after... Um, the last dance because I love when people are being ridiculous peas in a pod so him and Keenan were being these like outrageous security guards and they their loyalty was like not actually to the show but to the venue and like I know it was just really funny like everything they said was (laughs) hilarious and it that sketch for me was really reminiscent of Key and Peele and like their the bits that they do on that show So for me, that's where I felt like the flavor of Keegan and his comedy really shines through um, versus like some of the other sketches. Like I couldn't tell you if he wrote them or if 
like SNL just pitched them and he sort of approved them. Like I, I feel like what I was missing from this episode was like more Keegan like flavor and mm-hmm. like signature like pizzazz and like that kind of comedy. Um, and I feel like it came through in the security guards in a way that like it didn't come through in some of the mm. other sketches. You're bringing up a lot of good points. I think the reason why the Muppet Show sketch worked was for a few reasons. Number one, I think the character that Keegan brought out had a little bit of like the Obama anger translator physicality to it with a little bit of like the substitute teacher from Key and Peele into it. But also, you're completely right. I think Keegan thrives when his character is like an outlandish person who has somebody by their side Mm. because... You know, the truth is that, like, Key and Peele, the show, it worked because they were both alongside each other. And I don't want to say that Jordan Peele always has to be there in order for Keegan to be funny. But I do think that Keegan's best characters are absurd and they need someone to not only enable the absurdity, but to be like, he's not crazy. You guys are crazy for not getting it and for not agreeing with us in the way we view the world. And I think that's actually, like... A reason why that worked yeah. and the last dance like when it comes to like michael jordan and the character that heidi played they were kind of like enabling each other it was just like this kind of escalation of both parties yeah but i kind of did like um the tgif sketch but i didn't like keegan's character in it i loved cecily's british singer in it because i love her like essex accent i think she plays a character named Gemma, which i love yeah but other than that, no other sketches really impressed me or stood out to me. Did any other sketches come off to you? Yeah, so when they started the high school graduation sketch, I thought that it had a lot of really good potential. Um, I think that joke is just a little bit overplayed. I think also they were trying to do something timely because it's graduation season right now. But I feel like they never really innovated and moved past the joke that parents are not going to wait to clap. So I don't know. I felt like it had so much good potential. And then they just hit the same beat like three times. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is like not that funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I enjoyed Gemma, even though it was like an uncomfortable uh, on brand for SNL to be like an uncomfortable sketch. Yeah. And it was a good preview of like what Cecily and Keegan's show might be like in July. Yeah, the chemistry that they have. Also, I mean, it's a musical that they're making, so that's actually kind of fitting. But speaking of non-musical things, Hiba, what do you think of Weekend Update? Yeah, I actually really enjoyed Weekend Update this week. I think Same. it was probably the highlight of the show yep. for me, mm-hmm. um, besides Olivia Rodrigo, but we'll talk about her in a little bit. Um, I thought they had a lot of really funny, timely jokes about like the confusion around the CDC lifting the mask mandate. Um, and that paired well with the cold open. Uh, Andrew Dismukes did like a very interesting debut. I think it was his debut on Weekend Update, at least as himself. Mm-hmm. And I thought what was more funny than his jokes was like his real time reactions to his mm. jokes. And so Colin made some jokes about like, oh, we're finally getting to the topic that we're supposed to talk about. And Andrew was like, yeah, I wanted to tell, I wanted to try out this bit that I, about whatever the thing he was talking about was and he was like well obviously it did what really well and like it bombed so (laughs) it was just funny to see in real time like his ability to make fun of himself I think also they might be looking for like a new Pete Davidson 
on oh, weekend update oh interesting like i feel like why else would they put andrew in that slot and he's like a young cast member that basically they need somebody to be able to come on as themselves that's not a character and if you are right in your prediction that pete might be leaving soon after being on for seven seasons um it seems like maybe that's what they were trying to do i don't know i feel like the whole time he was on i was trying to figure out like what's the point of this mm. but at the same time i enjoyed it so i guess that yeah. was the point of it yeah you make a good point i mean i'm not gonna lie my first thought was like um did andrew just mukes blackmail lorne into giving him this weekend update segment because it was kind of <laughs> long it was kind of long yeah. a bit wandering and like hey i'll clap for him for the effort it was basically like him trying out five minutes of stand-up material yeah on weekend update instead of like at like <laughs> the some comedy, comedy club yeah i yeah. mean i i actually think your p davidson theory is pretty spot on but moving on to the actual best part of this episode let's talk about ms olivia rodrigo i want to start off with something very clear i love this woman i love olivia rodrigo i am hooked i have been hooked and i will continue to be hooked this entire summer because now her album sour is out on SNL, I kind of wish she had done Deja Vu instead of Driver's License, simply because mm. we've all heard Driver's License, and she has already performed it live at the Brits, and so I was like, oh, Deja Vu is just like, it's dreamier, it floats more, I wish she had sung that. It's okay. Good For You is not my favorite single, nor is it my favorite song off her album, but it is very fitting for an SNL stage. Right. So... I, just, I think she, like, did what she could with those songs. How did you react to the Olivia Rodrigo performances? Yeah, so I'm coming from it from a little bit of a different angle because obviously I know Olivia Rodrigo from Driver's License and they even did a Driver's License sketch earlier in the season. Um, but I don't actually listen to any of her other music. So I felt like she did an awesome job and she really nailed both of her performances i'd never like heard those songs before and i just felt like just the performance value was really good and really well done and hearing you talk about her choice of songs she might have picked those songs because of how they fit onto the snl stage like i think a lot of times people have a hit single so they get like booked to come on snl but it doesn't translate well to like a small stage and a small live audience um but just her like her stage presence was phenomenal um, and that really came through to me, even as somebody who, like, I know who she is, but I'm not, like, a huge fan. And so it made me really, like, think twice about her. Like, for me, if I came into this episode being a huge fan of Keegan, but I walked away being like, wow, he was fine, but Olivia was great. Like, that speaks mm. volumes, I think, um, to how she did. Yeah. And that's exactly how I feel as well. I frankly didn't know if driver's license would translate well onto the stage. My favorite part of driver's license is the bridge, but it is so highly produced in the recorded version that frankly, I don't think they could have gotten there on the live stage, yeah. but Hey, she did what she needed to do. It's a billboard hot 100. I get it. I think to your point about why did she choose driver's license? Like people wanted to hear that song. And so if, part of them booking her on the show was for the ratings then she had to like give the people what they wanted basically yeah i think that's fair so as you just kind of described hibba like olivia was great however as someone who was such a big fan of keegan 
I walked out, frankly, a little disappointed, but here's kind of like my theory on why. So the reason why I had such high expectations is because Keegan is a theater person. Like he literally has a bachelor and master's degree in theater. So I expected him to kind of command the stage with that type of physicality and that type of angled performance, that mentality. And like in 2017, he was in Hamlet with Oscar Isaac and I heard he killed. And I just kind of expected him to like really, really understand the stage. But it kind of brought me back to like the Dan Levy thing, right? About how we were like so confident that Dan Levy would be like the perfect SNL host. And he, I'm not going to say he did badly. I'm going to say he fell a little flatter than we expected. And here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I think Keegan is like pretty widely known for Mad TV, but I think he's even more known and beloved for Key and Peele. And looking back on Key and Peele, there are so many sketches from that show that could not have worked on a live stage. And it's mm-hmm. simply because the comedic timing of that show is really heavily created in the editing room. Like, yeah. the angles they cut to and the layered soundtracks underneath are, like, the funniest parts. You can't be that fast and you cannot react that quickly on live television. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, is that, like, you know, I think a few critics have kind of blamed the writers for not providing Keegan the best material or the best sketches this week. I actually don't know if that's the case because I wonder if it's just that Keegan's taste in sketch comedy is just kind of stuck in 2015 when coincidentally Key and Peele ended. If this episode had aired in 2015, I think I would have given it a bigger laugh. But so much has happened since the conversations especially the way we talk about race in sketch comedy has changed so much. It's so much sharper. And I think that's why a sketch like the high school graduation frankly didn't hit the same because the, like the undertone of high school graduation is that black families and white families act differently at graduation. Mm -hmm. That's something in 2015 that I think would have been like a quote unquote noble premise. But now it's like, okay, well so much has happened since then you need to be sharper about this and you need to be faster about that too. No, yeah, I think that's a really good take and I completely agree with you. Like, I think he did the best he could do if the standard was 2015 Key and Peele sketches, but I just felt like I had heard all of these jokes before and they never really moved beyond that. And hearing you say it's because he was stuck in this moment, like, it makes so much sense. I think also the criticism of, like, Like, you can't have a comedy sketch writer be the host and then criticize the writers of the show because he is well-equipped, more than well-equipped to do that job, right? And so I feel like the responsibility here also lands on him, like, bigger than or more than it would on other people who um, maybe, like, came on the show and are just actors. Like, they're not comedy writers. Um, So, yeah, I feel like... It just didn't quite measure up and I know that's not completely fair because he is already a comedy giant and like not everything everyone does is like amazing all the time but I agree with you I wish I had high hopes for this episode and I definitely laughed but it wasn't as cutting edge as I was hoping it would be yeah and I think when I think back to our favorite episode of the season reggae Jean page like of course just like the thing about that show was not only reggae's 
total downness to like play anything do anything but like his the way that they wrote those sketches was so sharp and like new and fresh that like it just worked it worked and maybe the other thing too is that we didn't know what to say we didn't know what to expect from reggae jean page and maybe we expected too much from keegan i think your point about having a lot of the humor of key and peel come from the production in like cutting to close-ups and the soundtracks and all that stuff also is a good point that I hadn't thought about because you can't do all of that I did I do remember when I was watching I expected that they would do like more digital shorts and I was really expecting them to do like a musical one like a rap like a Pete Davidson or something and they didn't do any of that so I don't know I feel like maybe they underutilized um the digital angle for it but maybe he also was like I really want to do live stuff so we won't know i think that's fair i did see that one of the cut for time sketches was like a digital short but it wasn't good like that's the funny thing the cut for times were not good in fact i am very glad yeah. they were cut for time they got cut. <laughs> so yeah hiba and i are walking away from this episode a little deflated yet inflated by olivia rodrigo so now hiba it's time to tell me what is your rating for this week's episode okay so i am i think a six out of ten keegan not keenan's mm. and yeah i'll just say i had really high hopes that he would come on knock it out of the park it felt a little flat for all the reasons we mentioned i did enjoy olivia's performance um and i did laugh at some of the sketches but I just feel like there was a lot of unrealized potential. Mm. So that's where I'm at. I think that's incredibly fair. And it's so fair that I, too, am going to rate this episode 6 out of 10 driver's licenses. Mm -hmm. You kind of said something that I thought was fantastically funny, that Keegan-Michael Key seems like someone who would have been in the Five Timers Club by now. Therefore, my hope is that they bring Keegan back next season that we get to go watch it live and maybe Olivia Rodrigo will have her second album out or maybe like a new single. With that said, next week is the season finale of SNL, which is kind of crazy. Like, do you remember when Megan the Stallion went on SNL? That was the first episode of the season. So much has happened. Oh my God, happened. that feels like 17 years ago. I know. So much has happened, but you know... Next week is going to be our last episode for a while. Just like Pete Davidson, we're going to take a summer break and go to Britain to visit our Bridgerton girlfriend. And then we're going to come back. We're going to come back in the fall to recap the new season. We will come back with a new draft, maybe. And next week, we're going to be joined by my friend, Lindsay Heiser, who is the closest person in my life to being an Anya Taylor-Joy lookalike. So that'll probably be enough to talk about the Anya Taylor-Joy Lil Nas X episode, which I'm sure will be fire, which I'm sure will be fun. And so, Hiba, thank you very much for being here with me. You are very welcome. (laughs) All right. We'll see you all later. Bye. Bye.